This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. It's time for a Deep South legend that's been keeping it real here in Atlanta for over two decades. It's the Buck Baloo Show, only on The Fan. Live from 680 The Fan Studios in the Battery Atlantis, the Buck Baloo Show. Here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Got Road Dog back in the house, our producer... DT ready to go, our engineer, and we're joined by Heath Klein this week, executive producer of the Chuck Oliver Show on SST and co-host of Atlanta's official NFL pregame show. You hear Sundays right here on The Fan. Heath, how's it going today, brother? Outstanding, man. Good to be back in here with you. Yeah, rain showed up a little early here in Metro Atlanta. An hour 40 drive for me, uh, making it in today. Uh, 400 southbound, a little busy in the morning, and then 285 as always. More than a little bit crazy out there. Glad to make it, though, on time. This is one of these jobs we've got, Heath, where you can't afford to be late. Now, they get mad if you don't show up. The music plays and you're not there. That's a bad feeling. And I'm telling you, the red light comes on. It's go time. Could have. If you said you were going a different direction, I would have thought maybe it was all the Falcon candidates in the way, that you were just in the, in the line there. Have they interviewed you yet? Give it time. We got a week still. I got a call yesterday. Right now, though, let's get to work. Let's get to the big take. Bucks. Big. Take. Falcons owner Arthur Blank has a big decision to make. Stay loyal to CEO Rich McKay. Or hire Bill Belichick against McKay's wishes. Here's the deal. There's a power struggle between McKay and Belichick. Coach wants a say in personnel decisions. And he's not comfortable with the Falcon structure in the front office where the head coach reports to McKay. They've knocked heads a little bit with McKay on that competition committee. They've knocked heads a little bit through the years, apparently. McKay is not exactly thrilled that Mr. Blank is determined to hire Belichick. McKay would rather go with a first-time head coach that he can control. So the Belichick hire has cooled off a little bit. Coach now has a sight set on the Buccaneers and Bills jobs, which are not open yet, but they could be. Todd Bowles and Sean McDermott could get fired any time now. So Belichick is using this as leverage with Mr. Blank. McKay is hoping one of those jobs open up, and Belichick takes it. So the Falcons continue to go after all. Uh, the, the Falcons continue to go after what appears to be the all-time NFL record for coaches interviewed. I think that number's at 14 today. With more scheduled. That's twice as many interviews as the last time they were searching for a head coach when they got Arthur Smith hired. Next up, a follow-up interview with Jim Harbaugh, who is leveraging the Falcons' interest in order to get the deal he wants with the Chargers, who, by the way, have a franchise quarterback and no general manager. That's got to be attractive to Jim, Har Jim Harbaugh. Basically, the Falcons are not going to get Belichick or Harbaugh, in my opinion, which will make Rich McKay a very happy man because he can then now be a part of a hire of a first-time head coach who will have very little power and say with the decisions within the organization. And there's the big take brought to you by Daco Systems Heating and Air for your HVAC repair. Contact locally owned Daco Systems at DacoSystems.com. Keeping Atlanta comfortable, one home at a time. So a couple of things just in reaction to that, Buck. One thing that we do know, the Falcons reportedly have already requested to interview 
Mike McDonald and Anthony Weaver from the Ravens for second interviews. But and no they, Todd Monken. Right, but they can't do that till next week. So what that does tell us is for them to already be putting interview requests in for guys they know they cannot talk to for sure until next Monday in person does not sound like a franchise that thinks this thing is anywhere close to wrapping up. So that's one thing. Now, they could always change their mind. As long as they met the Rooney rule, they could hire five minutes later. But the fact they're requesting guys that we know they can't talk to next week says this is going to drag on a little bit. The other thing, what you're talking about with Rich McKay uh, is interesting just because you think about the Eagles and you think about when they brought in Chip Kelly. Remember Howie Roseman, longtime power struggle there uh, with him and Chip Kelly. They basically neutered Howie Roseman. They pushed him aside. And Chip Kelly got control of that team. And then when it didn't work, Kelly was out and Roseman survived. So if you're Rich McKay, now you're 64, you're younger, or Roseman's younger, so maybe he could do it. If you're Rich McKay, do you say, hey, if it comes down to it, put me in that corner office for a year or two. I'll quietly leak and backstab anywhere I can if I need to. <laughs> but eventually, two or three years later, if it doesn't work with Belichick, I'm going to get my way back to power. Is that what he thinks about? Yeah, the power struggle, it's real, is what it is. And, uh, you know, on a, a lighter note, uh, I did see with one of our listeners uh, tweeted out, uh, we're still calling it tweet, tweeting it out, even though it's, an, it's X, called X now. But you can't exit. He posted, exit how about wrong. that? He posted, posted uh, photographs of myself and uh, Domino and Cellini and... I think it was some cartoon character out there this morning that that we were next in line to be interviewed by Rich McKay and Terry Fontenot. We, we're not going to get the treatment that Blank gave Belichick uh, of going to the super yacht, <laughs> but apparently we might do a uh, a quick interview. You get the regular yacht, yeah. You get like a, a John boat or something like that. I think I've been eliminated because they realized I was from Georgia. The, the one thing I will say too, Buck, though, I hadn't heard about, about Belichick and the Bucks. I talked to somebody down in Tampa yesterday. They really still think that, that Bowles is going to survive, but they think yeah. that team's going to take another step back. And, and I was going to actually ask you about this. We've talked a lot about the Falcons and the idea that they've got to get a quarterback. I ask you this, Buck. What if Baker Mayfield was available? Why would they allow him to become my exact a free reaction, agent? Buck? But my understanding is Dave Canales, their offensive coordinator, may get the job with the Panthers. And part of the reason he might is because Dan Morgan got that general manager job yesterday. But part of the reason he's also hoping is because they're not bringing back Mike Evans. And they apparently may not be willing to meet Baker's price. Baker gave him a discount. And if he wants full price, my the understanding... hometown discount. Thing. My understanding from down there is Baker's going to get his this year. And if they have well, to franchise him... looking for a quarterback, obviously. Right. If they had to franchise him, that's $36 million. That would be about 75% of their available salary cap money. They might not do it. So I, I'm not saying it will happen, but let's just say it did, Buck. If Baker Mayfield's on the market, would you want him for the Falcons as an acceptable option? Well, I would prefer to take one of these young quarterbacks out of the draft and build for the future. Not that Baker's that old. But I tell you what, he's won me over. Coming out of Oklahoma, I was thinking, okay, this guy's an egomaniac. I'm not sure he can lead grown men with that kind of attitude. I think he was humbled early on in his NFL career. I think he's a different guy now. Seems like he's grown into it a little bit. I'd be willing to consider that. I just, I, I was fascinated. How about you? I, I, would it be my number one choice? Probably not. I'm, a, I'm still a guy that thinks unless you get someone who Justin Fields does not fit their offense, we don't know what the offense is. But I still believe there's so much meat on the bone and that the Bears did such a bad job of developing Justin Fields, not putting him with people that really took advantage of his skill set. I think I'd rather see him. But if, if you're just telling me Kirk Cousins or Baker Mayfield, because of the youth, I might lean Baker. The Dirty Birds are in our blood. And guys like Buck know what's happening in the huddle. Let's dive into Falcons football on the fan. And I've got this coaching search. This is day number 16. Hope I'm correct with that. But yeah, day 16 of the head coaching search. I, mean, I guess they did fire him at 12.03, so it depends on when you think it started formally. <laughs> well, I assume it started immediately. It should have started before that. They announced Knowing that he was in, Arthur was in big trouble, Arthur Smith. I think you're safe with 16. Yeah, so we'll go with that. And I believe the number is 14 interviews. With more lined up. 
McKay and Fontenot, they've been busy guys, man. Their head's got to be spinning. So I guess we uh, most recently got Bobby Slowick on Sunday, the Texans' offensive coordinator. Got Ben Johnson, the Lions' offensive coordinator. He's His time's at a premium right now with the Lions in the NFC title game. Reportedly, he interviewed uh, on Sunday, so we're waiting on these interviews with Vrabel. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's got interview number two set up this week. Raheem Morris coming back for more. Mike McDonald being interviewed. Uh, Raheem Morris is the guy I wanted to bring up, Heath, and that is I, I like his resume. You know, when you look at all these candidates out there, and there are a lot of them, it takes you a minute to get all that done. But as I've gone through the resumes, I'm I'm really impressed with the resume that Raheem Morris has put together because he comes from experience coaching as an assistant on both sides of the ball. It's so it's I really think that benefits you as a head coach. You've been you've coached on offense, you've coached on defense, you've had some experience as an interim head coach, so you've. You've experienced all of these things that you need to experience, I believe, to be an effective head coach in the league. Yeah, it's a really interesting profile, Buck. And what's also interesting is if you have watched, the Rams are really pushing him hard. Normally, we see an organization, and they might not say anything bad about a guy, but they're not selling the guy. The Rams are pushing him. Their general manager gave a three-minute speech about what a great guy he is, now he deserves a shot. I don't remember seeing many organizations do something like that. Um, You know, you heard some stuff about his time in Tampa, about how he handled being a head coach for the first time, that he was out on the town a little too much, maybe maybe didn't fully understand the challenges of being a head coach and how you had to adapt who you were from being an assistant. But he's had a whole decade since then to to watch and learn from more people. Obviously, interim experience here, being on that Sean McVay staff. Yeah, I mean, you could do a lot worse than a guy like that. And as we spoke about yesterday, something important to me is I want a guy that's been a head coach before. And he certainly, you can check that box on his resume. You can't on a lot of these other younger coordinators, whether it's an offensive coordinator, defensive coordinator. A lot of these guys, most uh, all of them, have never been a head coach at any level. Not in youth league or middle school or high school, college. Pro, they've got zero head coaching experience. Yeah, with Callahan going to the Titans, you're down to five open jobs. And again, you've got Belichick still on the board, who apparently the Falcons are the only ones interested in right now, at least of the open jobs. Although, as you said, maybe if something else opens up. And then you've obviously got Vrabel, who is is someone who meets that description. Does he want to coach Don't this year? Don't you think, though, the fact that Arthur Smith was his offensive coordinator hurts him here in Atlanta? Well, but uh, look, until the bitter end, they kind of wanted to keep him, right? So maybe they think, well, we're getting the principles, but we're getting a guy who's shown he can actually lead and win in a way that Arthur Smith hadn't. Maybe he says, I want to hire Arthur Smith as coordinator. Maybe that's a problem. The key to Vrabel getting hired or seriously considered is him having an answer to the offensive coordinator job on his staff, regardless of where he's going. People are going to want to talk to him about that first. Who's your offensive coordinator? Remember, he had LaFleur before Smith, so he's shown he can hire effective coordinators. Just And Smith was effective for him. He just wasn't an effective head coach. By the way, Buck, did you see that Snoop Dogg is now getting involved in the conversation for coaching searches? Because supposedly Snoop Dogg has told people Harbaugh wants the Chargers job, but he's not sure the Chargers want him. So, again, exclusive in-depth reporting from Snoop Dogg. Smoke weed every day. Yeah, I'm not sure how to respond to that. Everybody's an insider, Buck. Everybody. Uh, Snoop Dogg. He knows football. He does. Yeah, he likes son, his football. really good player. I think signed with UCLA, USC out of high school. One of those two. It's UCLA. Yeah, UCLA, the Bruins. I saw the story yesterday. Marcus Stroud actually, uh, or CJ Stroud, excuse me, uh, was in involved in Snoop's uh, league as a youngster and obviously helped him quite a bit. So Snoop actually knows a little more football. Yeah, than Snoop's think, making too much money to go into the coaching Yeah, I don't business. think he needs a coaching job right now, right? He's got a movie coming out where he's a coach. So he's, I mean, he's, doing he's working on it. Doesn't even have to act. Well, good for Snoop. All right, coming up next on the show, we're going to have a sports broadcasting superstar. He's going to join us on the show. You're listening to the Buck Palooza Show here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. 
What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. This morning in the Atlanta airport, no one's missing a meal on Mac Wilburn's watch. With 11 restaurants to serve passengers, he's got dining for every destination. And it all started when Mac talked with First Horizon Bank about opening a franchise in the airport. Now it's open for business and cleared for takeoff. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Mac. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Keith Klein this week, and we want to invite you to come out and be a part of Braves Fest coming up this weekend, the Saturday Braves Fest, presented by Delta Airlines. Be taking over Truist Park in the Battery Atlanta. Now you got to have a ticket, and good news, tickets are free, and you can download your complimentary tickets today. All the fun going down between 10 and 4 coming up Saturday. Get your free tickets and details at braves.com slash bravesfest. Sounds like fun, doesn't it? I mean, got all kind of stuff going on. Get out, have the kids get some autographs, see these players. You know, I can remember as a young uh, sports fan the thrill of seeing a major league ball player. Nothing quite like it. Yeah, we're closing in two bucks soon enough. Spring training, and then just like that, it's time. Braves are on the Yeah, I think they were pitchers and catchers maybe uh, Valentine's Day. Seems like they could have pushed that back a day for the husbands and boyfriends out there. Maybe they asked for it. Basically, oh, hon, I, I, you know I want to be there, but I, I got to be at spring training. <laughs> save on dinner. Yeah. Especially those young guys, save every little bit. You know, when this cold weather sets in, uh, I sort of start looking forward to uh, – Spring training, Major League Baseball spring training. And then the uh, PGA Tour, starting out in Hawaii. I just can't take my eyes off the broadcast with all this cold, nasty weather we're dealing with here in Atlanta. Between there and California, everything uh, coming up beautiful for a while there on the tour. Yes, so uh, looking forward to having uh, Laura Rutledge on. Let's go to the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line and bring on one of the superstars in sports broadcasting. ESPN's Laura Rutledge joins us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. And uh, Laura, how you doing today? We appreciate your time. I'm great. It's great to be with you guys. You are a uh, busy girl, man. We saw you in the NFL playoffs working the sideline. What'd you learn doing that this past weekend? Well, first of all, I learned that even if you have battery-powered clothing, you're still not going to be warm <laughs> enough, um, which <laughs> I think I'm still trying to thaw out. Um, but, you know, the other thing that really stuck out to me from this past weekend is just how dominant the Ravens are. And I, I really feel like at this point – they are the team that would have to beat themselves to, to lose a game. I mean, Lamar Jackson is healthy. He's playing so well. He's making great decisions. And their offense as a whole with Todd Munkin, which, of course, all of us that cover Georgia are real familiar with, that has looked so good. And I think just bringing him in, we saw the scheme really have a nice impact in that game against the Texans. The Texans just could never get anything going against them. Uh, both offensively and defensively, and a lot of it had to do with the scheme, but also the talent of Lamar. And I think the defense for the Ravens, too, is going to be a force to be reckoned with. So uh, that to me, they look like one of the most, if not the most dominant team in the NFL, and it would have to be that they sort of stub their toe somehow themselves for them to actually lose a game. Laura, one of the storylines going into that game was whether or not Mark Andrews was going to play. They let it be known he wasn't by not having him active, but you were obviously talking to him. Do you think we see him this week? And assuming we do, boy, how much more does that add to what they do? Yeah, it's like, you know, do they need any more? I mean, they've already got all these big-time weapons. Uh, but, no, I, I think they – I think they wanted to just give him another week. I think had it been the Super Bowl, like he probably would have played. He practiced a good bit, and we were able to see him out there practice, and he really looked good. So I think it was almost just more precautionary, and they felt like they had enough in the chamber to, to say, all right, let's you know give it another another week for him to get healthy. So I imagine we'll see him this week and, and down the stretch if they're able to win. Yeah, I just love the story on a lighter note about the uh, the the male gloves you ended up buying. Uh, your husband got a new pair of winter gloves, right? 
Well, yeah, that's funny. I mean, so for people who don't know the story, I, I was, uh, I've actually been in Baltimore a lot because I was in Baltimore for week 18 and it was, you know, 35 degrees and pouring down rain the whole time. So I had ordered these gloves off of Amazon, but I, I shipped them right to the hotel and, you know, they were, I don't know, they were like $9 or something. And, <laughs> and they said they were super warm and I just didn't look to see what size they were. I thought, well, yeah, those look like good gloves. And I didn't open the box until about 20 minutes before I was supposed to go to the game. And when I opened them up and tried to put my hands in, I'm like, oh, my God, like my hand is in the hand part, but it's not even in the, the fingers. Like it's so big, like I can't even get my fingers in inside the actual finger holes. So anyway, I was stuck wearing them, had to wear them. I felt really weird about it the entire night. Everybody was like tweeting me saying, you know, wow, you've got huge hands. And, <laughs> and I really don't, but, you know, whatever. But then the funniest thing was, guys, that then – when I got back to the hotel, I had to go straight from there to Houston for the national championship um, for, for the college football playoff. And I couldn't fit them in my carry-on bag. Like, they were that big. <laughs> so I ended up just having to leave them behind. So it, it, poor Josh, like, he didn't even get anything out of it. <laughs> it been, he was like, where are those gloves? <laughs> See, that's the thing. You got you to think because you're a star, Laura. And I know you're a, a person who doesn't think of yourself that way, but you are a star. You got you to autograph those. You got to put them on eBay. <laughs> Uh, whether you keep the money for yourself, whether you give it to a charity, you, you, everything you touch is huge right now. You got you got to remember, even just a random pair of gloves—that's big time memorabilia. Some random in Baltimore is wearing, and they have no idea. Yeah, um, you know, if anybody would actually pay money for those, I would I would question that person, but I would also gladly donate it to charity. So maybe I can maybe I can track the gloves down. We'll see. <laughs> Laura, it looked like those uh, halftime reports you had were legitimate. Uh, you didn't have to make anything up. Are we past <laughs> that controversy? Uh, what would you make of that whole thing? Yeah, I mean, I, I uh, definitely did not make anything up, and I've never done that before. And, um, you know, I think it was, it was a really um, unfortunate thing that happened that it, it became such a big deal because I think a lot of times – Women, but, you know, people in general in this business are trying to do everything we can to prove our credibility. And um, there's also a, a trust factor amongst coaches and players where they want to feel sure that things that they say aren't going to be misconstrued. And, and that's a really important part of our job that I take real seriously. So I, I think it was a little bit blown up. Like, I, I'm not sure that um, initially it meant to be this intense and i think we we've kind of moved past it i i will say i did like the first game kind of after that happened and i got a lot of tweets saying i was making things up but otherwise it's just that was the only real interaction about it so i i don't know that it really had the legs that some people thought it would and um happily we can all move on <laughs> from that and go to the next thing yeah we, we talked obviously a little bit about the ravens because you were on the sideline for that one laura but with regards to the other side of things you've got a detroit team that is by far, I think, the most fun story. Whatever happens, they're the most fun story. It's just amazing that finally this has all come together for them. If you look at the 49ers and, and the way they've played lately, even though they're going on the road to Santa Clara, boy, it sure feels like they've got a shot, doesn't it? Oh, it absolutely does. I mean, I wouldn't count this Detroit team out of any game um, at this point. They're playing so well. And, you know, I, I think it's been really fun just story-wise to watch Jared Goff have this success and, you know, do what he's he's being able to do with knowing the kind of backstory there where he obviously wasn't really wanted anymore with the Rams and now he's had this kind of resurgence and uh, I, I don't know that many expected that and it's been really cool and Dan Campbell I think is a huge part of that. Uh, ben Johnson, their offensive coordinator, by the way, is a star. I mean, you, you've seen the scheme that has really helped them and I think they They've uh, been able to lean on that a lot. And I love how daring they are. They don't care. Whatever the situation is, they've got the confidence to go for it, make things happen, and sort of live on that edge, which is, you know, has yet to really bite them, which I think is fun, um, especially in the postseason. And then, you know, when when you think about, you're right, with the 49ers, they, they've kind of stumbled a little bit here of late, um, maybe in this last game against the Packers most notably. And I think one of the things you look at is you just have to say, okay, Brock Purdy, um, he may not be the best player on the team, and that's okay. Christian McCaffrey is. So let Christian McCaffrey do his thing. I think the biggest thing, though, guys, is going to be if Debo Samuel is actually able to play and, and play at a high level because it's not just that dynamic playmaking ability, but it's the physicality with which he plays that I think they'll really miss if he's not out there 100%. So we'll be keeping an eye on that certainly this whole week on NFL Live because I, I think that's really where 
the whole game kind of becomes, you know, that that could determine the game, his health. But uh, the 49ers are scary to count out, too. Like, that, that's going to be a great matchup. I can't wait to see who wins. Talking football with ESPN's Laura Rutledge, who joins us on the Hobson and Hobson Newsmaker line. Laura, I uh, really enjoy the NFL Live and the SEC Nation show that uh, obviously you're hosting there. But, you know, NFL Live, I I get a kick out of this cast you have there. I'd, I just imagine the pre-show meetings are really entertaining with Orlovsky and Spears and that whole crew you've got. Oh, yeah, they're a hoot. I tell you what, I mean, I spend the entire day laughing about whatever they're doing, which is, um, who, who knows? I mean, yesterday the whole thing was that we, we got there and um, – RC was like he had jeans that he was going to put on that didn't match his suit jacket. Like he had had a whole suit on earlier. I said, what happened to your suit? What happened to your pants? And he said that his behind was too big and it had burst (laughs) out of his pants. So he ended up like the whole pocket and the whole back part of his pants was totally ripped open. So he had to wear jeans on NFL live and, and he had done the entire morning with ripped pants, which I don't know that anybody on those shows really realized that. So we had a whole, kick out of that and they are so funny they're so much fun but I think one of the the things that has been so special about that group since we really revamped the show um, back in 2020 is just how no matter what's happened we've always stayed really close and we've supported each other and um, I think that's really rare in this business so I'm very thankful to be able to work with them every day and um, you know our our group chat that we have (laughs) with our texting is called NFL Live Family and I, I don't know that you could say it any better than that. If you follow Laura on Instagram, then you know, in addition to being someone who's super active in the sports world, she's also interested in cooking. And so, for example, yesterday uh, you posted a, a roast chicken and said, hey, do you want the roast chicken recipe? And I bring this up because of Orlovsky, because Orlovsky has become notorious for having the worst food opinions known to man. You're yep. somebody who's making these beautiful looking meals and putting them on Instagram and sharing them with people. How often does Orlovsky say something that makes you actually physically recoil about food? Oh, yeah, it's so frustrating. Uh, now, funny enough, he would have liked that meal I made last night because it was just it was just like very flavorful chicken. Um, but anything that's at all daring, and I mean, for him, daring is like, you know, a pepper or something, like some normal thing that really isn't that daring. Um, but it is the most bizarre thing. I mean, you'll walk into uh, where we hang out pre-show and he'll be eating something and it like just smells terrible. And I'm I'm like, what is that? And it's just eggs and chicken and, you know, like ketchup that he's dipping it all in. And so so he he's incredibly uh, childish with his food preferences, but you know, we, we just, it, it never gets old, like finding out some weird thing that he's doing. I mean, the one of the worst ones happened this year when he was eating Mentos and spitting them out. He was just chewing them and then spitting them out on the table uh, on our set. And I'm like, why are you spitting them out? And he said he didn't want the extra calories. So anyway, that's what I have to deal with every day. You guys should feel sorry for me. Hey, we spent a lot of time here recently talking about Kirby and the Bulldogs and then Saban retiring and DeBoer coming in and taking over, but need to ask you about Napier. Is he going to be able to survive down there? What's going on? Oh, I tell you what, um, it's it's tough. I mean, this is a make or break year, no matter how they want to put it, and we kind of thought last year was. So, uh, you know, I think that the tough thing is, aside from some of the the lacking areas in coaching, it's, it's really been the recruiting, and you just can't fall that far behind um, when you look around and you see what Georgia continues to do, and you know, we don't have East and West anymore in the SEC, but it is going to be the two best teams facing off for the SEC championship. And with conference expansion, or excuse me, playoff expansion, you've got to think now's the time. <laughs> if there's never been a time, it's definitely now uh, to take advantage of all that. And, and I, I would think that this is a year where they've really got to prove things. But, I mean, you look at the recruiting rankings, you look at the, the, the guys that have come in, you look at the people that have been lost. I, I think it's going to be an uphill battle for Napier. Well, Laura, thanks for your time. We know you're busy. We appreciate you coming on the show today. Uh, It was a great time. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks, Laura. Laura Rutledge, ESPN host and reporter, and such a nice young lady. She is borderline superwoman, Buck. I mean, it is amazing. amazing. Talk about somebody who has missed Florida, who speaks Mandarin Chinese, can handle going SEC football and NFL right next to each other. Handle many, the boys club like nobody's business. Yeah, how, how many people on the national level, Buck, do you hear NFL commentators 
that they act like college football is something that's some whole other right. universe they can't possibly be expected to have followed uh, players before the draft yeah, or anything she like that. from college to seamless. NFL just seamlessly. Yeah. She's she's a five-tool player if there's ever been one in sports casting. Really impressive yeah, She's person. busy these days, uh, too, and she with the, the two little ones she's yeah. got at home also. Just amazing. Great to have her on, man. Thanks for setting that up, Heath. I'm happy to do it. Like I said, I've known her since she was a student, and it's been awesome to see her career grow. The best in college football and the NFL. Top 5, presented by your locally owned and operated Ace Hardware. Find your neighborhood store at acehardware.com. All right, fellas, let's get the top five rocking and rolling. Let's start with some college football talk. Drop one upgrade DeBoer has made at Alabama since Saban retired. Well, I'm going to go with... Well, what what can I go with here? Uh, Heath, you got something? I'm going to say the defensive coordinator spot in only the coordinator spot. Yeah. Obviously, Saban himself is a different deal. But as good as Kevin Steele's full career is, I think getting a guy who is an up-and-comer, who's done great work, and Kane Womack, who also yeah. could be more of a force on the recruiting trail, I think specifically the D.C. spot is better. I'm going to go offensive coordinator. I thought Tommy Reese did a terrible job. This past season, especially early in the year, trying to figure out who the quarterback was and how to fit that offense around them. And then uh, that that playoff game, they they were awful on offense. Uh, So uh, getting Tommy Reese out of there, it looks like he's jumping to the NFL, be the Browns tight end coach. And they brought in DeBoer, able to bring in Ryan Grubb, who did such a masterful job around Penix Jr. running that Huskies offense. I think that's the big, big upgrade that DeBoer's made. All right. Connect the dots on one NFL free agency fit, and it can be for any team. Yeah, I'm going to say, uh, the, I look at the Ravens, and I was doing some show prep, getting ready to talk about the game this week, the playoff game. And, you know, the one area where they need some help, in my humble opinion, would be running back. Hey, Derrick Henry available. Derrick Henry available. Ravens lead with the run game. Uh, I would say they have a need at running back. I'm not sure what Henry's looking to bring in money-wise, but that would be a great fit if you ask me. Derrick Henry playing with the Baltimore Ravens. I'm trying to think of who he would fit best with, but I believe 100% that Mike Evans is going to be a free agent. He did not get the contract extension he wanted from Tampa Bay and has no incentive now to stay had a great year for them but you're talking about a guy who's got a couple years left tampa bay is still even with a playoff win not close to a championship and they're not going to franchise him you don't franchise a guy that you weren't willing to even extend because you're thinking well maybe he's out of gas Uh, so where can you put him i'm going to go ahead and say maybe a place like cleveland would be a fit for him just again where you've got a, a quarterback in place where you're throwing every resource at things possible but Evans is going somewhere to a contender to try and win another ring. All right. Pick one, Lamar or Mahomes. Well, I know most people probably would, without hesitation, go Mahomes here. I'm going Lamar Jackson. Really? I'm That's going Lamar. And you look at the total QBR, which is an advanced analytics stat I pay attention to, to both in college and in the NFL. And Lamar Jackson's total QBR is higher than than Patrick Mahomes, uh, the guy that's now dynamic running the football and throwing the football. Monken has really unleashed the beast in Lamar Jackson. Look, I got great respect for both of these guys. But in this case, I'd give the slight edge to Lamar Jackson. Well, I guess this is also where you have to define what we're talking about. Because for this year, Buck, if we're talking about like for MVP or something, I'm with you. I am concerned about the number of hits Lamar Jackson has taken in his career. He had taken more hits than even Cam Newton had in the same amount of time in the league with as much as he's run the ball. Uh, Mahomes runs, but he does a pretty good job of protecting himself. I feel like if you're talking about for the long term, I think you have to lean towards a guy who does a better job of protecting himself. I'm a big fan of Jared Goff, too, and the job he's done this year. Absolutely. Really impressive. All right, fellas, let's head up to Athens and say, ask, did Kirby overpay to get Travaris Robinson to Athens? I mean, from what I understand, he was making roughly about 400000 at Alabama, coaching up the cornerbacks last season. And I believe he's making a little over a million now. 
with Georgia. Look, Georgia's got deep pockets, and and this is one of the things that when Kirby was at, at Alabama. And my uh, close source over at Georgia, one of those, told me that when they went and met with Kirby about taking the Georgia job, asked for a list of must-haves, this was one of them, is basically an unlimited amount of money spent on the assistant coaches and the recruiting budget. Two things that were very important to him. So, look, they got a lot of money. I saw where Muschamp went from over a million down to... 50K. Yeah, $50,000. He's got money coming in from Florida and South Carolina. So overpay, uh, I don't think there's a such thing for bringing in a guy that's going to coach up your defensive backs and also hit the recruiting trail and bring in some big-time players. I don't think they overpaid. Yeah, the one thing I would say would be I don't think you want him as your coordinator. And I know Alabama tried to give him the coordinator job to keep him because they thought maybe that would help keep downs. Uh, Robinson will win on the recruiting trail Having covered him at South Carolina, it's hard to know how much was him, how much was Muschamp, and some of it was just that they never got the right personnel, but I was not impressed, Buck, with what I saw for most of his tenure at South Carolina with the defense, which he was at least entitled coordinator of. If I'm a dog fan, I, it, you don't want him to have been paid this money with the idea that if Schumann leaves, he's taken the wheel. I don't think you want that, but if you want a secondary coach or you want a recruiter, he'll be worth it. I'm I'm guessing he's developed a little bit since Probably. those South Carolina days. All right, let's head back to the NFL. Who were the Chargers' next head coach be? I'm going with Jim Harbaugh here. Uh, Harbaugh completed a second interview with the Chargers and the Spanos family. They got Dad and a couple of the brothers running the show there. Chargers, he's he's got a franchise quarterback. Uh, the general manager's job is open. Looks like a perfect fit for Jim Harbaugh. I'm with you, Buck, that it should happen, but the Spanos family has shown at times they will be a little, cheap. little tight with the wallet. So, <laughs> I mean, uh, I'll say this, Buck. I saw a thing saying supposedly Harbaugh wants to bring Minner, the defensive coordinator, with him from Michigan. And so, you know, what if, for example, they say, well, you got to pay two and a half, three million for a defensive coordinator? Would they do that? You know, maybe they'd pay Harbaugh, but are they willing to pay yeah. every single guy he wants? And Good maybe point. that's where they won't. Uh, but, but in the end, look. They could have had Sean Payton last year. Sean Payton did everything but have the Goodyear blimp flying around outside their facility saying, I want that job. What a jerk. I'm living in L.A. I want that job. And he and, and they did not make that move. Now, maybe it was right. He hasn't exactly knocked it out of the park yet with the Broncos. But I just, when you have people lusting after your job who are the kind of big-name people we're talking about here, Buck, can you really say, eh, instead we're going Bobby Slowick? Like, at some point, if you want to be relevant in that city, you need a star in L.A. And they haven't had one. On 680 The Fan, Atlanta's Sports Station. Hey, Atlanta Sports Station, The Fan, and The Locker Room are sending five lucky listeners to Sandals, Dunriver Falls, and Jamaica. Tune into The Locker Room starting next Monday to learn how you could find yourself and uh, get your first chance to get entered to win one of the five trips in your spot on the beach at Sandals, Dunriver Falls, and Ocho Rios starting Monday with The Locker Room. The fans got a Georgia Bulldogs national champion on the beat. 25-20, far sideline, 15 10, 5, get in there, touchdown! This is the Bulldog Beat with Buck Balloon, presented by Georgia's own credit union and attorney Ken Nugent. Heath, it was a topic a year ago this time, and it's a topic again. Will Glenn Schumann, defensive coordinator at Georgia, be lured in by the Philadelphia Eagles. He's got a lot of former players that he coached up at Georgia, now playing for the Eagles on defense, interviewed last year for the D coordinator's job, uh, elected to stay with Kirby and the University of Georgia. The Eagles now have fired their defensive coordinator for one year. He'd been on the job for one year. See where Ron Rivera is interviewing for the job. And uh, Wink Martindale sounds like a game show host, doesn't it? But uh, Schumann, is he going to remain at, at Georgia? Is he going to jump to the NFL here? Oh, I think absolutely he stays at Georgia. I mean, think about it, Buck. Last year you're talking about joining a team off of a Super Bowl appearance with a coach that appears to be very secure in his future. This year, after the meltdown, he fires both coordinators. Heck, he even fired his coordinator for all practical purposes for Matt Patricia with five weeks to go in the season. Um, 
now you're talking about a guy who's coaching for his job next year. If you didn't leave to join a stable situation, why in the world would you leave to join an unstable situation? Just because, yes, you do have a lot of former players, but you got to think about yourself and your future. This is not a move to make now. Schumann, only 33 years young, really young in his coaching career, and he's already had these big-time opportunities come his way, both in college, major college level, and in the NFL. He's on the fast track to success. And what a great job he's done working on that Bulldog defense under Kirby Smart. I tell you, Glenn Schumann, his stock is going up big time. And uh, great to see him. Staying over in Athens right now, running the show defensively. Yeah, you, you love having a guy who's patient, who's not just jumping at the first shiny thing. He can afford to be patient. He knows they're going to be loaded. He'll be mentioned for jobs every single year. All right, coming up, we got the uh, championship game weekend coming up. We'll dive into some of that talk next. Got the Buck Blue Show with Heath Klein this week here on The Fan, 680 and 93.7. A lifetime of hard work. Children laughing in the kitchen. Family photos on a restaurant wall. A legacy that lives on. It all comes from the power of a conversation. Like the one Tommy Hall had with First Horizon Bank about taking over his father's Charleston-based restaurant business. Now the table is set for a whole new generation. First Horizon Bank. Let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Tommy. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. show here on the fan 680 and 93.7 you can also listen online at 680thefan.com where we're streaming and you can click and actually watch the show Heath wave at everybody they can see you online and then get that fan mobile app you can listen anywhere anytime crystal clear Chad if you're listening out in Hawaii man I want to play that plantation course at Kapalua can you get me and DT on that would be awesome. I'm getting, I'm jonesing to get out on that golf course, uh, Heath. Uh, this cold weather, bad weather setting in here. Well, you're already down in Valdosta. Why don't you just head a little farther down into Florida? Well, it's cold the down there, too, man. Got to be somewhere in Florida. It's warm. I'm not a big fan of enough. playing in the cold weather, though. I can dig that. Maybe if I had some uh, heated gloves or something like that. Wasn't it uh, Streamstrong? Is it Streamsong, something like that? Isn't that the name of that big golf resort down there in Florida that's like the, the hot place right now? Is it hot? It's supposed to be. I don't know if it's hot, literally hot, but it's supposed to be like this really, really big-time golf resort. Stream Song, I think it's called. So it's, Yeah, it is. Get down there, man. Good reputation. Sticks a little bit. Yeah, I'm just, uh, we're locked in here. Uh, my youngest son, Rhett, is wrestling. All right, so we had both our sons were on the same high school football team this previous year. Braden was a senior. Rhett was a junior. And so we go right from football. And the very next day, football season ended, we're right into wrestling. So I'm a little worn down at this point in time. Parental life, taking it out of buck. And I keep hearing, you know, when I I talk about this with friends and family, they say, well, you better enjoy it while you can because you're going to have that empty house coming up soon. We got a fan golf tournament coming up, though, pretty soon, don't we? And I'm thinking when they tell me that, I'm thinking, man, I'm that handicap's going down when the kids get out of the house. All right. Buck's got plans, folks. Look out. It's going to be hustling, you guys, 2028. Yeah, I'm not sure when the chili dip open is. You know, DT? Not the immediate date right offhand, but yeah, that's coming up soon. Definitely. I've been working on the putting indoors. And that's at Buck's home course, too. That's not the Bears' best. Yeah. yeah, that'll be a home course advantage for us there. Let's see what's popping. Let's find out what's popping. Say what's popping. The NFL championship games this weekend will have a. Three o'clock kickoff on Sunday in Baltimore with the Chiefs and Ravens. Pretty good quarterback matchup in that one, Heath, as we're talking about a little earlier. Yeah, you you love the fact that you've had a guy in Jared Goff have the renaissance he's had in Detroit. And it's funny, Buck is right now a, a guy who as recently as when the Ravens were playing the 49ers 
Brock Purdy that week was the betting favorite for MVP of the league. And now if you were going to rate the quarterbacks one through four, a lot of people might put him at four out of the four quarterbacks playing this weekend. Yeah, Lamar's had him a year, and I give some of the credit to Todd Munkin, the new offensive coordinator at Georgia for the back-to-back national titles, did some yeoman's work with Stetson Bennett, getting the most out of Stet. And uh, Munkin's gone up to Baltimore, and he's unleashed Lamar Jackson on the league. We're talking most valuable player uh, coming up here very soon. And Munkin getting some head coaching interviews. I'm all thrown that... Well, the Falcons aren't one of those interested in his services. Imagine that. Hey, you never know. There's still time because uh, this week, <laughs> I mean, hey, depending on what happens, if he has another great game, whether it's the Falcons or somebody else, you still got five jobs open. And, yeah, and so for some reason, though, if you up. have had anything to do with the University of Georgia, the Falcons really aren't interested in your services. Aside. So the 49ers and Lions, 630 kickoff Sunday evening in Santa Clara. And Debo Samuel, man, uh, banged up his shoulder early in the game last week. Now, this is shoulder, the same shoulder that he had injured in season earlier in the year. Hairline fracture, they were calling it earlier in the season. Uh, Got dinged up again this past weekend. Now, they released yesterday the news that it's not fractured. Not fractured. And they're saying uh, 50-50 whether he plays this weekend against the Lions. You wonder if he does play, can you count on him? Because that's the problem is if you design a game plan for a normal 49ers game, obviously he's a huge component. Even if he goes out there, you know he might be vulnerable to coming out at any moment. So if you're the Niners, how do you game plan with a guy who best case scenario, you know it could suddenly disappear on you in the second quarter? And you look at their other weapons. Obviously, McCaffrey is a big-time player, and they they get the ball to him multiple ways. But uh, they'd have to rely on Jennings, who has made a couple of big plays here lately. And then uh, Ayuk made a couple of big catches this past weekend. But nowhere near the versatile playmaker that Debo Samuel is. I, I just wonder if the 49ers will rest him, not play him against the Lions. You got a week off before the Super Bowl. Give him three weeks to heal up and get ready for whatever the AFC, uh, Chiefs or Ravens, going to be a big-time matchup there in the Super Bowl. Get him ready for that, perhaps. Yeah, the one thing is you can use him as a decoy if you want to because it's a shoulder, not a leg injury. So you could at least have him out there for some period of time. Even if you know, hey, we do not want to use him, throw him the ball, you can at least force them to respect the threat of him running routes, whatnot. Maybe, maybe a split the difference. But look, if he's not healthy enough, Buck, you're right. He's too valuable. You're not probably winning the Super Bowl without Debo Samuel. So you can't run the risk of getting him knocked out of the Super Bowl if one big hit can make this worse. He is fun to watch. Both as a receiver, you see him running, running the ball a little bit on these reverses where he can get the ball in his hands. I mean, so versatile, so fast, so physical. I mean, this guy's one of the best players in the league when healthy. And that'll tell us something. If they put him in the backfield, if they're willing to give him handoffs, then they must be treating it that he's 100% ready to go. Big-time player, man. Debo Samuel. Everybody knows who he is. And that's what's popping. That's what's popping. You getting ready for the big weekend watching NFL football? You've been all over this the entire season, you and Westy, right here on The Fan on Sundays. Yeah, every week, 10 to 1, we're having fun talking about it. And, of course, this week you got the uh, the big throwdown going on. So we got a lot happening with the uh, NFC and the AFC title games. Yeah, man, this is going to be great. We only got three more games, Buck. We got we to gotta savor all of them. Last week, that's one thing about it. Other than the second half of the uh, Texans game, we got three good games last week and then half of another one. Hopefully we get two more great ones this week. I'm uh, I'm looking for the favorites, the one seeds, to advance to the Super Bowl. And it has nothing to do with the conspiracy theory that uh, I was a part of on the social media release yesterday. I think the Ravens are just a, a better overall team than the Chiefs. And I definitely think the 49ers are, you know, the Lions' defense not up to par when you look at these other defenses that have made it to the final four Um, on offense. Now the lions have got it going on defensively a little weak. They got to address that. So I think the 49ers are, are going to roll right through Detroit. I don't know we'll if make I'm, picks later yeah, in the I don't know if I'm with you on that one. I'm with you on the Ravens, though, Buck. I, I think so much of what the Chiefs did last week with the multiple tight ends against the Buffalo team that had to play nickel, I don't think that translates well to this week. We've seen what that offense is most of the time this year. 
And if it's that version of itself, it's not good enough. Let's get to the final word. Time for the final word. Brought to you by Howard Brothers, keeping Georgia green since 1955. Final word, that means basically the show's over. So that's what that's all about. Hey, we got Mort coming on tomorrow. We'll hit Mort up as far as the NFL coaching searches go, especially the Atlanta Falcons. So looking forward to having Mort on. Kevin Kisner, or as we call him, uh, Bulldog Nation calls him Kiz, out on that PGA Tour. And he is now doing some analyst work on NBC. So getting ready for a second career in professional golf. Looking forward to having Kiz on and expecting that to happen on Thursday. So a big week lined up with Heath Klein sitting in this week. Great job today, man. Thanks, man. You going to go fun. join Chuck Oliver now, do that Chuck Oliver show? You know it. All right, go ahead and do that. It's going to do it for the Buck Blue Show today. Got Nick and Chris, their show coming up next. Stick around for that here on The Fan. Well, thank you, Buck. This morning in North Carolina, wheels are spinning. Determination is winning. A passion is now a thriving business, and it shows no signs of slowing down. How? The power of a conversation, like the one Clint Spiegel had with First Horizon Bank about starting a bike wheel manufacturing facility in Asheville. Now it's not just talk, it's rubber meets road. First Horizon Bank, let's find a way. Go to firsthorizon.com slash Clint. First Horizon Bank, member FDIC. Marketing is everywhere. From the billboards on the highways to the notifications on your phone, we are constantly bombarded with people trying to sell us stuff. What makes good marketing? Are you doing enough in your life personally and professionally to market yourself? You have questions, and the Marketing Mad Men have answers. Search the Marketing Mad Men on Google or your favorite podcast provider to get practical marketing advice from expert guests who are shaping and reshaping the business world. They say marketing is a madman's game. Join the Marketing Mad Men every Saturday at 4 p.m. to find out why. The fan is ready for brave season. Are you? 3-1 smoked high in the air, deep center field, and heading for the horizon. A home run by Olsen. We're streaming every game of the Braves 2024 season free on the 680 The Fan app. So make sure you download it now and don't miss a pitch of the Braves this season.